Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. A lot to get to. Going to have some fun this week, that's for sure. Where do you want to start, David? Uh, Well, the border crisis is about to get a whole hell of a lot worse as Title 42 ends this week, meaning a new wave of migrants is about to come across. You know, a couple million, we're going to look back at this and say, oh, that was just a drop in the bucket. I mean, I, I saw the stat. This is astounding that in El Paso in the last four months of the year, Really mm-hmm. not even the full months. You're talking October 22nd to December 11th. 84,000 migrants released onto the streets of El Paso by the federal government. I have a question. Maybe you know this. Where are they putting these? Where, where's everyone going? Well, the complaint has been a lot of them, they're just dropped off at a bus station. Yeah. And then they don't know where to go. And this is why any given night you've got over a thousand people sleeping on the streets of El Paso because the the shelter system is full and has been full. They're not. By the way, El Paso over the weekend just declared another state of emergency Mm -hmm. because they they don't they don't have the space. And part of what they're trying to do is get the federal government to reimburse them for what they've had to pay for themselves to deal with Joe Biden's border crisis. And they're not getting really anything back from Washington, D.C. Think about the major story it was the one day you had illegals at Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. For a day. Massive story. How dare they use these people as political pawns? Blah, 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 blah. These people are put in a bad way constantly. The left doesn't care. This is by design. This is what they want to happen. They don't care about the human suffering, yeah. the human catastrophe, how the cartels are benefiting from this. Drug trafficking, sex trafficking, human trafficking. They don't care or they would have done something about it. I agree with that. But and we're the ones that aren't humane yeah. enough. Well, I, I don't know if you saw Martha Raddatz. I have it. This audio clip here, ABC's Martha Raddatz interviewed Texas Governor Greg Abbott and then blamed him for Biden's open border policies. Can you believe this? Listen to this. You talk about the border wall. You talk about open borders. I don't think I've ever heard President Biden say, we have an open border. Come on over. But people I have heard say it for you are former President Trump or Ron DeSantis. That message reverberates in Mexico and beyond. So they do get the message that it is an open... They got the message before any of them said that. Well, in 2019, Joe Biden on the campaign trail literally said, yes, they should come. This is why within a month of Joe Biden becoming president of the United States, you had a bunch of people wearing shirts that say Biden let us in. Correct. That wasn't Greg Abbott. That wasn't Ron DeSantis. That wasn't anybody but Joe Biden himself. And I guess this doesn't matter because in the end, it's still awful reporting. Does Martha Raddatz really believe the BS she's spewing? Or does she just not pay attention? 
Either way, it's a debacle. It's yeah. a disgrace to journalism. But you want to know, are you, are you that dumb? Or are you doing that on purpose? Good night, man. That it is an open border. And smugglers use all those kinds of statements. It was, it was known from the time that Joe Biden got elected Jeez. that Joe Biden supported open borders. Uh, it is known uh, by the cartels who have sophisticated information whether or not the Biden administration is going to enforce the immigration laws or not is known across the world, but most importantly, known among the cartels. And how do you play into that? What can you do better? Uh, so we have every level of government doing everything we can to prevent people from coming into the country illegally or repelling them or arresting them and putting them behind bars. Yep. Yeah, and then what happens? They get transferred to federal custody, and in a lot of cases, they get let right back out. So the the question is, what is Greg Abbott trying to do? Because every time, by the way, he does try to do something that mm-hmm. is beyond what normally a state governor could do, the Biden administration comes around and sues him. Yep. So what, I mean, <laughs> or threatens to sue him. So Yes, that is true. I mean, what what is Greg Abbott's responsibility in the border crisis? Dude, are you kidding? I, I don't know what you do. I mean... It, you can send the National Guard down there. He already did and it. What are th- and, and what are they going to do? That's the thing. Because I've said that a hundred times myself. We send the National Guard down there. and then, But what can they actually do? Right. Well, we're just not going to let you in. We'll f- forcibly not let you in. And then they, get, then they get sued over stuff like that. Yes. That's what <laughs> I mean. I know. It's crazy. Yes. But yeah. Because Greg Abbott said we have a problem. With, it's an open border here. That reverberates back to the cartels who go, oh, well, there's an open border then. Greg Abbott said it. Oh, they just blame him. It's crazy. But yes. No. No. You know, and I know there are a lot of us that are so tired of this situation God. where, no, you need people armed. We're not letting anybody in. We're not. And then you just play it out. And I know it's a little kooky this early in the week to go here, but then what happens? Then do you have the United States military coming into Texas against the Texas National Guard? Mm-hmm. Where does that go? Yeah. But for these states, they're like, is anybody going to help? And everyone has their hands tied. And there are some people in the United States that want to see something happen. Yeah. And if that's Texas stand up for itself with its own National Guard, okay. But you really don't want that in your state if you're living in Texas. Nobody wants to see that. Yeah. But that's why... The Department of Homeland Security, Mayorkas, honestly, should not just be impeached. The guy should be in jail. Biden should be in jail. He's not doing his job. We have laws already on the books. They don't care. They just don't care. They're completely changing the country each and every day right before our eyes, and it seems like no one can do anything. Well, we get a report like that, and then the following day, somebody tells us the border is secured. It's it's never been open. What? Oh, it's just gaslighting. God. You have a story from Del Rio, David. Yeah, well, because Title 42 is ending on Wednesday, border crisis is going to get worse. And in South Texas, people are getting ready to face a wave of thousands more migrants every single day. Allison Anderson lives in Del Rio. She did an interview with Newsmax this morning talking about it's already unsustainable as it is right now. And has been for months. And I don't know what we're (laughs) supposed to do about this now. We've had everything from DHS high-speed chases that ended on our property with trooper units blazing into our backyard and the helicopter hovering over. We've had 
dopers that have come through our backyard with large bundles on their backs. I mean, I can't go outside and fill or feed the animals or fill their water troughs without being armed on a regular basis. That's every single day. My kids can't go out and play in the yard because of the amount of traffic. There's smugglers that are running in tandem um, down our the back end of our property because they know that they can get away because law enforcement is tied up in other areas. And we just, we're a small town. We don't have that huge amount of resources. To you know what? There's still like 15 seconds of this clip. I'm sorry to cut it off. One of the most frustrating parts is this isn't new. Yeah. These people have been saying this again for over a year and no one comes to help them. Just to handle the amount of traffic and crime that's coming through our community right now. We had a group of illegals come up and knock on our little girl's bedroom window late at night trying to lure my kids to the window. And oh that's gosh. happened twice on our property. So there's no such thing as a secure border down here. It's that's that's absolutely a lie. Yeah. And if they would have shot that person. Oh, yeah. You know what happens? National media. It's a sob story for the person that got shot. Yep. <laughs> that, and they're charging the shooter. They may not charge the shooter. I, I don't know. I mean, they. they I don't think you, you can. You got some. You got some pretty strong property rights, castle doctrine mm -hmm. stuff, and laws in Texas. And and so, I mean, it's not totally black and white. But I I think you, they would probably not be prosecuted. But absolutely, in the court of public opinion, you may, hell, maybe you do have the Justice Department and Merrick Garland filing like civil rights charges or something if that something happens. Crazy. But you're yeah. absolutely right. And that's got to be in the back of your head every day, knowing that if you were to defend yourself from somebody, as this lady claims, who's trying to get your daughter to come to the window for some reason, if you were to defend your daughter using lethal force, media would call you a white supremacist on day one. And this, this and now it doesn't matter if you're white or Hispanic or black, you'd be a white supremacist. Because oh, that's yeah. how crazy it's gotten. Yes, because if you were a person of color, you would be under the spell right. of white supremacy. <laughs> I don't know, man. I wouldn't blame that person at all. Somehow it's all Elon Musk's fault. <laughs> we just know it. Elon Musk's America. <laughs> right, yes, exactly. Yeah, the, the guy that's trying to get child porn off of Twitter, yeah. where nothing's been done for years, he's the bad guy. He's the bad yeah. guy. Unreal. Yep. All right, so also this weekend, Joe Biden, he told, well, another story that doesn't seem to add up yeah, when you no. look at the facts. No, it's actually uh, has to be completely fabricated. Uh, he was speaking at the Delaware Veterans Summit and Pact Act Town Hall and told this story that is literally unbelievable. Roll it. My dad, when I got elected vice president, he said, Joey, Uncle Frank fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He was not feeling very well now, not because of the Battle of the Bulge, but he said, and he won the Purple Heart, and he never received it. He never, he never got it. Do you think you could help him get it? We'll surprise him. So he got him the Purple Heart. He had won it in the Battle of the Bulge. And I remember he came over to the house, and I came out, and he said, present it to him. Okay, we had the family there. I said, Uncle Frank, you won this, and I went to peace. He said, I don't want the damn thing. I'm serious. He said, I don't want it. I said, what's the matter, Uncle Frank? You earned it. He said, yeah, but the others died. The others died. I lived. I don't want it. So so his Uncle Frank yeah. died in 1999, a decade before Biden was sworn in as vice president yes. of the United yeah. States. Mm. That's literally yeah. impossible that that mm. happened. Hmm. Well. He never, he never got it. I would say that's kind of the, the 
give away when you're not telling the truth, but that's daily for Biden. <laughs> yeah. well, and maybe that is the tell that he's not telling the truth. Well, isn't it true they don't have any record of this either anywhere? Right. Of him actually earning a Purple Heart? Yeah, nobody actually can track that part down. No, then when he says, I was elected vice president and I handed him the Purple Heart. Right. Well, <clears throat> actually, no. Uncle Frank had been dead for 10 years. Yeah. And his dad had been dead for six years. I know this is probably weird, but he won. I, I said, no, you won the Purple Heart. Yeah. Won it. You earn it, you know. I mean, yeah, you earn it, yeah. In battle. Okay. It, you know, and it's the thing of you think if it were someone else's president, how would this go over? <laughs> well, I think you can probably guess how exactly yeah. it would go over. He's a liar. He lies about everything. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Um, man, Pfizer's COVID vaccine, has that been causing blood clotting? Have you seen any report on this? We'll get to that and much more coming up right here. All right. It's the Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Uh, I saw a piece over the weekend from the Epic Times about the Pfizer vaccine and blood clotting. And then there was an update Ed Morrissey had it, and he is asking the question, does this study show that the vaccine causes blood clotting? And at first, their reaction was, and this was from Hot Air, um, not exactly, at least not yet, because the study's authors urge more epidemiological studies to pursue the statistically significant link. Okay, let me get this straight. So they're waiting for more information before they can conclusively say blood clots are caused by vaccines. Yes. So if I'm going to get a vaccine, do I just go, oh, I'll roll the dice here? Well, that's the thing, because you've been told they're safe and effective. Exactly. Yeah. So that's a head scratcher in itself, at the very least. Right? Yeah. I mean, I get at least one listener at least a week that sends me information on blood clots. So, yeah, you hear all sorts of different things. All kinds of stuff about this. Um, But this was conducted by, well, it was the FDA. That's why it's it's really alarming when it's like, oh, the FDA is reporting this. Oh, my goodness. Um, They're part of it. And then speaking, Dr. Peter McCulloch, who is, you know, controversial, especially in traditional media, um said that the new paper corroborates the concerns of doctors that the large uptick in blood clots, uh, progression of a particular heart disease and blood disorders is independently associated with the COVID-19 vaccination. Um, Now, Morrissey would say, again, that's not exactly what the study claims. As usual with these kinds of studies, the authors took care not to jump to conclusions. In fact, the main body of the report states that they cannot be sure yet that the link is causal rather than uh, what caused it? Does that make sense? That's what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. But the statistical signal between Pfizer's vaccine and these is strong enough to warrant a deeper investigation. Okay. See, this is where you would have a real, as they say, robust debate. Yes. Correct? Yeah. The problem early on this debate was going on behind the scenes with scientists, but because of Twitter, legacy media, and the left, we didn't know it, that it was going on to the extent that it was. 
we were basically told all the scientists agreed about whether it was COVID or the safety of the vaccine on down the line. And if someone had a different opinion, they would be silenced or at least their messages would not get a whole lot of uh, trend or it wouldn't be trending on Twitter. Mm -hmm. That's what we've learned, at least in the last couple of weeks. Okay. So what's your takeaway from that story? I mean, to me, I think it's very interesting that you can have the conversation about, you know, are there concerns about blood clots? Are there concerns about uh, heart inflammation, things like that? And you can have an actual nuanced approach like, well, still, based on your particular risk level for COVID and whatnot, yes. you can still have that discussion. But the medical establishment, the Biden administration, and even even the Trump administration it was so hardcore, this is settled, no questions allowed, no conversation, and if you bring up any concerns, you're an anti-vaxxer and you want to kill grandma. It's like, Dude, they're well, spending millions of dollars right now promoting the other shot to have a great holiday season. Right, and, and I, I, that's really concerning to me because, you know, when you have an organization like the FDA, the CDC, and certainly the federal government, you would like to be in a position where you could trust that, at least the scientists were kind of yeah. looking out for you. They just yep. wanted to get the information out there, and that that's out the window. I mean, it's completely gone. I don't know if it ever really existed, but I'm saying, you know, in an ideal world, you would be having these public discussions. Yes. You know, well, at least for myself, as far as the CDC, the FDA, if I go back five years ago, how much I trusted them then? And I'm not saying 100%, but a lot more than right now. Well, oh, yeah. I mean, you, you don't get to silence debate on this topic that scientists are really worried about or concerned with and then get mad when people believe conspiracy theories. Well, and now we know the right. depths of it because of Twitter. Yes, we do. Yeah, now we know. Yeah. Okay. There is a good poll out there for Trump. I don't know if you saw that. We'll get to that. And South Sudan's president wet himself. <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah, we'll get to it. Come on. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the millennial, and the sexy boomer is Scott Robbins. Okay, David. It's good. There is a really good poll out for Trump. Yeah, well, kind of. I, I'd say it's, it's better than some of the polls that we've seen recently when it comes to the potential 2024 presidential primary. Uh, but this is Harvard Harris. Uh, Trump is clearly the favorite in a prospective GOP primary. Uh, right now, leading Ron DeSantis 48 to 25 percent. Wow. Uh, now, if you take Donald Trump out, Ron DeSantis runs away with it, 48 percent. Mike Pence showing up in second place in this particular poll at 15 percent. Now, why I say it's kind of good, because obviously that first number I gave you is good. I mean, it's uh, he's leading the field. It's not particularly close. It's under 50 percent, which is kind of surprising, uh, at least given the fact that he's uh, – former president you would think it would be higher David. than that but then uh if you look at gop voters for example specifically yeah if it comes down to donald trump or ron DeSantis, republican voters uh favor donald trump 55 to 45 percent and then here's where okay man sometimes this gets confusing because in the first you know, you got 45% yeah. to 25%, but if it's just the two, it's, it shrinks a lot. Yeah. To 10. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, and then if you've got them in a head-to-head matchup and include right-leaning independent voters, Ron DeSantis is winning 52 to 48. Okay. So how do you square that with all these other polls that has DeSantis up 10 points, 20 points? Well, I think there are outliers. I I, I don't know. Again, it's kind of hard to to know when you've got Donald Trump involved in a poll, how many people are actually willing to tell the truth, how many people are not, who's the shy Trump voter, who's the shy Trump supporter. This one seems a little bit more in line with what I would expect that it's 55-45 among Republican voters, and then you throw in independents, and suddenly it flips to 52-48 in favor of uh, Ron DeSantis. And that makes sense because I, in the last couple of years, you know, what has Trump actually done to bring independent voters over to his side? I, I don't know if I can answer that. I was just looking at election betting odds. just wanted to look it up real quick. Mm-hmm. But I go to that main screen, and the first thing it has is chance of winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> Donald Trump leading that, dude? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Do you, do you want to go through the football first, and then we'll get to the politicians? Okay, sure. Uh, see if you can pick uh, the top five for winning the Super Bowl right now. Who's number one? Chiefs. I'd say David. Eagles. Neither one right. Wow. The Bills. Oh. At 19.3, the Chiefs second. 15.8, Eagles third. Gotcha. 13.8, Eagles. And then uh, the last two in the top five. They still throwing in the Cowboys in there? Fourth. I going to say that, yeah. the Cowboys. Yes. And then fifth. I'm surprised. That, oh, I'll just tell you, 49ers. I'm surprised they had the Cowboys before the 49ers. I would never guess the 49ers, yeah. And a sleeper pick again, even though they were there last year, is the Bengals. They're coming on. Okay, now politicians. Yes. They rank presidency right now just by party, which is interesting. Republicans at a 54.9%, Democrats at 43. Okay. Um, And then the other odds we can get to a little bit later as far as individuals go. But I think think this is going to be interesting. Okay, just updated. Chance of winning the U.S. presidency. Wow. Who do you think it is? Trump. David? I'd go with um, I'd go with DeSantis. Ding, ding, ding for oh, Van Camp. Well, it's DeSantis, 33.4. Who would be second? Joe Biden. Yes, 23%. They have Trump at 11.9%. Mm right now i trust that more than i do any poll because there's money involved so (laughs) (laughs) do i have to remind you how we used to go over this all through the year 2020 and what a lead trump had yes for a long part of Mm -hmm. that and then it just the script totally flipped right about the end of may it's when all that went down you had covid and then you had the summer of love i mean riots and it all sort of flipped. Still many swords to fall on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, real quick before we get to uh, what's your story. I mentioned that the uh, president of South Sudan had wet himself. Yes. Over yeah. the weekend. You did. Man. Okay. Uh, dude, 71. All right. Sava Kir Maradit. Um, full view of television cameras, too. I mean, you, he's got like a gray sort of suit on. That's the thing. If it's black, you might get away with it. No. Yeah. Well, it was very weird. I watched the video. They got the national anthem playing, and he's standing there, 
Yes. And you see the dark, you know, fluid start to uh, come through on the pant leg. Oh. But he he doesn't seem to notice that he's peeing himself until there's a puddle next to his shoes. Then he yes. kind of looks down and he's like, oh, I'm pissing myself. Hmm. Yeah. And there's one guy to his mm. left who sees and he's just staring at the ground like, oh, my gosh, that guy's being in his pants right now. Yes. Well, listen, I don't want to bring up, like, bad memories of some family get-together, but if there's an older member of the family that loses some control, might be sitting on the couch, don't even know what happened, and they get up and there's the remnants of what happened. It's a bad scene, man. You feel bad for the person because obviously they didn't want to either, you know, yep. take a whiz or anything they else didn't, there. didn't know they were doing it. Yes, but it's probably time to go couch shopping the next day. Well, depending, yes. Yeah. If, if That's not staying. Got to go. Cloth, velour. Yeah, got to go. I mean, leather, you can just, you know, that's treatable. Nobody's sitting in it, though. But the thing is, man, I guess even in South Sudan, there's like mixed feelings. Because some people are, of course, making fun of this whole thing. Others are saying, well, maybe he's got some urinary sickness. It's and he true. didn't know. Or, check it. This was during their national anthem. An extreme act of patriotism. <laughs> Refusal to excuse himself while the anthem was being played. I can't hold it. I don't care. I'm not breaking my stance. I'll whiz myself if I have to. Except he did break his stance when he realized he was whizzing himself. Well, you're killing the story now. <laughs> <laughs> Either way. Should have broke a stream, not a stance. <laughs> By the way, if that was Biden, I mean, you know, you'd make fun, but there, there'd be part of you embarrassed for the country, embarrassed well, for yeah. him. Well, like, yeah. Oh, come on. That's why yeah. they got him wearing Depends. Well, so. Yeah, of course. Yes. All right. Here, roll on. <laughs> Every day at this time, we ask everybody, what's your story? We're looking at all these stories out there. What got your attention, David? Oh, mass Might not shooting. be the biggest story of the day, but it got your attention. Oh, a mass shooting was stopped by a good guy with a gun in Chandler, Arizona, outside of Phoenix. This happened at an Amazon Flex warehouse. The guy drove to the employee parking lot and started shooting. One contract worker was shot multiple times, but the cops say his injuries were not life-threatening. And a second Amazon contract worker saw this going down, grabbed his own gun, and shot and killed the gunman. A total of 10 shots fired. Oh, uh, you like that? Yeah. And police said that uh, the three men involved didn't know each other, but the gunman had some jealousy issues regarding his girlfriend who worked at Amazon. She wasn't there at the time, but he was going to go try to talk to some guy, I guess he thought, that you know was moving in on his girl or something. Ooh. Wow. Can't imagine why she broke up with him. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like such a sweet fella. <laughs> All right, Scott, what's your story? Well, uh, you know, the World Cup is over now, finally. Argentina with the big victory, World Cup victory. Apparently there's some fans, uh, at least one anyway, celebrating a little bit too hard in Qatar when that final penalty kick went in. Yeah. A woman was spotted by viewers on television taking off her top in celebration of Argentina's victory. La, 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 la. <laughs> and she was dancing. Yeah. And uh, she was escorted from the uh, field and arrested. Could be facing a very stiff penalty for it. And I, for the first time, I'm actually going to start watching soccer matches if this is frequent. So, 
What, just people taking their top off? That's yeah, just women that's, in the, just women in the audience that, taking That it. would be it. Yeah. All right, I've got a confession. You watched it. We were in the car. My son-in-law, uh, my other daughter's boyfriend and I, we were coming back from a gym, and he had it on, and he was talking about it going, you know, the extra overtime. They had yeah. three minutes, and that Argentina had that three to two lead, and then there was the penalty kick, and it's tied, and you know it's mayhem, and they're going to the shootout, right? Am I see? I, I'm probably saying it wrong. I'm thinking about hockey. I think you're shootout. right so far. Yeah, but it's you know it's like five penalty kicks each team, and I the last time I saw that in a huge situation was the U.S. Women's, I think, in '99, and I remember thinking, man, that was pretty exciting. So when we got inside the house, we turned it on, and yeah, dude, it was pretty riveting. I'll give it that. But like my son-in-law said, but I also think of, remember when we tried to watch the United States against the UK, against England, and how boring it was? Yeah. Yes, that's the thing, man. It's like with a lot of different sports, to capture your attention all the way through, it's got to be pretty riveting. There are a lot of different sports that when it comes down to the end, can grab your attention. You know, I know but that of, was pretty cool. A lot of people like soccer. There are a lot of people like soccer, and a lot yeah. of people have played soccer. I, I mean, I get it. There's a fascination. But I've been told since I was in eighth grade that this was going to be the sport that took the world over, including the U.S. Well, it is the biggest sport in the world. It is, but, but not in the U.S. Not in the U.S., no. No. And they call no. it football. Yeah, well, it's soccer. I know. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, know. I know. Well, I think that was the number one story on the Today Show. Yeah. Oh, it was. They opened the show with it. Yeah. Oh, forget about the border. Yeah. There were two other countries playing soccer. Yeah. Imagine if they were playing soccer at the border. Oh, buddy. <laughs> the winning team gets U.S. citizenship. <laughs> the whole team. <laughs> you want amnesty? We'll give it Penalty you. kick. You got to play make for it. it. All right. You got five shots. Go. <laughs> Uh, my story I saw yesterday, the headline got my attention. UK government admits it was wrong for prosecutors to say parts of the Bible are no longer appropriate. What? <laughs> People have predicted this for years. I didn't even know that was happening. Never heard of that either. Uh, as the story goes, prosecutors in the UK have admitted it was inappropriate for them to argue a case against a Christian street preacher that some parts of the Bible are simply no longer appropriate in modern society and which would be deemed offensive in, if stated in public. And a lot of people have said now, with the, what is it, uh, Same-Sex Protection Act, I forget the name they dress it up as, Marriage Protection Marriage Act or whatever. Marriage Act. Th that it's in some ways the same thing, that if you are critical at all, that could be deemed as, quote, hate speech. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't align wow. with your beliefs. Yes. Um, and so now the charges have been dropped against this 55-year-old cancer survivor um, who was arrested for alleged homophobia uh, for preaching. <laughs> You're laughing. <laughs> Why are you laughing? You're arrested for homophobia. <laughs> yes. What is that? Well, I think he was just preaching from the Bible. Yeah. I mean, that was, you know... Pretty much it. He, he said, I, I'm i sorry, I was just speaking biblical truth. You know, that may not be your truth, but it is what it says in the Bible. Um, that guy had served in the British Army Special Forces, um, known and loved by a lot of people. But, yeah, he was thinking he may go to jail for a long time. But then the prosecutor said, okay, we, we were wrong to say that it's no longer appropriate. 
Because if that was really true, they would have to come out and actually make the statement to everyone. Yeah. Well, listen, we've changed our laws now, and you can't do this. They just thought that they could uh-huh. until they were called on it. Yeah. So I have no idea that that was even happening. It's pretty crazy. Meanwhile, in the United States, you know how you want to deter people from wanting to be homeless? You put them in hotels. God, I read this. <laughs> are you kidding me? Yeah, again. We're going to put... Okay. How does this make any sense? It doesn't. It, it really doesn't. And this is L.A. You know, people are leaving in droves because... And a lot of people will say the homeless thing is out of control. I mean, it's the crime. We will get to that story much more coming up right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So the homeless is a huge issue in a lot of American cities, especially on the West Coast. L.A. Well, new mayor Karen Bass had said she wanted to eliminate the homeless encampments because it's been plaguing the city streets. A lot of crime, a lot of random attacks. So she declared a state of emergency. First day in office. And then over the weekend, she's on with Sleepy Eyes Chuck Todd on NBC. Oh, boy. Saying, you know, hey, 95% of the city's homeless would accept taxpayer-funded public housing if it was offered to them. No. Well, I don't know if they would or not, but I'd hope. (laughs) I mean, you're homeless. Don't you want to stay somewhere? Here's a free bed. Would you take it? Well, yeah, of course I would. Sure. You're not going to tell me to get off drugs, are you? Because I'm tired of hearing that. And that's not everybody, but that's a large degree. There's a lot that don't want that either. I understand. And so as she's on, Chuck uh, Todd is asking this question right here. Are you still going to allow LAPD and sanitation officers to do these sweeps of encampments? No, we, these are not sweeps at all. This is getting people to move on their own. But then after the person leaves, sanitation is absolutely going to have to be there. No question about it. Okay, so that first part. So it's not a sweep. You mean you really got to talk people into wanting to stay at the hotel or the motel? How bad is it? <laughs> anyway, so after that, she says... But this is not coercing people. This is not ticketing people or incarcerating people. This is moving people from tents to hotels or motels. Okay. So you're apologizing for saying, hey, even if you did say, no, the camp is gone. Go to the hotel. I don't want to. You got no choice. It's that or jail. Are you freaking kidding me? What is going on? Seriously, David, help me understand that. Well, uh, I, I guess when you have a long history of bad ideas, the way to dig yourself out of bad ideas is more bad ideas. That's what we've learned from many leftist politicians over the last few years. Uh, let's just keep doubling down on the things that won't work, and let's make sure as many people who are law-abiding suffer as possible, uh, as much as possible. It does seem like her biggest concern there is... But this is not coercing people. This is not ticketing people. It's not ticketing. It's not coercing. Okay. Like somebody's on your case, if it was, we're giving you a hotel. What else do you want? Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. 
Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Just remember this when it comes to the border crisis and everything we're going to see in the next week to two weeks. Who knows how long it's going to last. It's not just the United States. This is a global issue. Ah, yeah, of course. What other countries is everybody running into? I don't know, but that's a new talking point. Yes, it is. Uh, The border crisis is about to get a whole lot worse as Title 42 ends this week, meaning a new wave of migrants is about to come across. They're expecting somewhere in the ballpark of 14,000 per day. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, White House advisor Keisha Lance Bottoms was on Face the Nation and was asked specifically, what is Biden going to do to dissuade people from rushing the border? What What is he going to do? Hmm. We need Congress to be a partner in this and we need Congress to act uh, because this is a, this is a global mm-hmm. issue that we are facing um, and the White House alone can't do it. We need support from Congress. Okay, so you got a big issue here. Yeah. First thing, great idea bringing in Keisha Lance Bottoms to deal with the crisis because, you know, when she was mayor of Atlanta, she only got more people killed. Yeah. So great to bring her on staff with her great ideas and then say, well, we need help. What? How about enforce the laws that we already have? How about protect the border? Send people there. Send the military there if you have to. Tell everybody, every leader, don't let your people come here. The border's closed. I know that seems simple. Is that too simple? But it's a global problem, Jamie. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, right. It doesn't make any sense. Can you imagine in the boardroom of any corporation this sort of nonsense going on? But this is the way we deal with everything now. Inflation is a global problem. Right. The border is a global problem. Hey, sales manager, I know none of us hit our goals for this this fall, but, you know, this is a problem all over the country, you know? Yeah. I understand it is. We still have a job to do. Isn't that what everybody that's employed in America hears? Of course, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Goodness gracious. Okay, she goes on? Yeah, well, she was asked again. I want to go back to the central question. What is Biden going to do to dissuade people from rushing the border? This is not just an issue that we are facing in the United States. This is a global issue. So the president (laughs) has been working very closely with our partners across the globe to address this global issue. But we also need partnership at home. We need partnership um, from Congress. Listen, if all you have to do to break glass ceilings is read off a piece of paper, the same points over and over again, we can shatter them all over the place. We don't need people that are excellent at anything, okay? You just need to be able to read. That's it. It's the same well, talking points over and over and yeah. over. Honestly, that, that criteria doesn't really hold up because have you seen Kareem Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary? Once again, I shoot myself in the <laughs> foot with my own arguments. Because she can't even read. Not to, mention, not to mention the president. I, the president can't read. No, he can't. Holy cow. Yeah, I thought I had an argument there. I'm not going to get the Nobel Prize for that, am I? No, no Nobel Prizes for you. (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay. Thank you, Keisha Lance Bottoms, for that. Um, Here's a guy that's made a lot of news in the last week, except most Americans have no idea who this guy is. No, but he is actually a big influencer in the news stories that you see. Mm -hmm. He is a left-wing propagandist. 
he loves to share out of context clips of Republicans to try to craft narratives. He's all he's done that for years now. Uh, and I mean, the guy lies all the time and then he gets his uh, panties in a twist when somebody calls him out on it. His name is Aaron Rupar. And one of the funniest like side stories from a few weeks ago, just to give you a sense of who this guy is, mm -hmm. uh, he had clipped something from a public news conference that um, Herschel Walker was doing. And another person used a similar clip. And then Aaron Rupar accused that person of stealing his content and then went as far as to say, stolen my valor. <laughs> by, by taking my work okay my valor oh, yeah. you, you sat in front of a computer screen and generated clips for twitter it's it's, it's not stolen valor bro <laughs> i suppose ya. in his world it is which is very sad but probably true so anyway that's just to give you a sense of who this guy is uh okay. he went on msnbc to talk to chris hayes about how dangerous it is that he and other so-called journalists had <laughs> been temporarily suspended from twitter i bet for him and chris hayes this was a cry party this will very likely have a chilling effect on coverage of Musk, chilling. Uh, because yeah, apparently we can be banned for any reason whatsoever um the tweet no. that i posted that led to me being banned as i mentioned earlier um when i posted it did not violate the terms of service only hours later after elon changed them did it violate the terms of service <laughs> and so you know if you can kind of operate in that way you know it seems like almost anything that you post could be construed as violating the terms of service retroactively yeah, that that'd be a great point if the Twitter files hadn't revealed that the old leadership team literally did the same thing to the sitting president of the United States. Yep. Who did not Duh. actually violate any of the terms of service, but they took him down anyway. Correct. But we're supposed to feel sorry for these people now. Yes. Yeah, I know. These are people who are not used to being told they're not special and they're not particularly bright. No, they're not used to it. That's why we're all getting a kick out of it. Yeah. Well, this is waiting to discipline the kid till they're 15. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I throw a fit. Yeah. I, I love the uh, dramatic Chris Hayes wrap up of this. Okay. <laughs> Roll it. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, A.J. Leibling, who's the great New Yorker writer for, for decades, um, you know, famously said about the inherent contradictions between free markets and a free press, that freedom of the press belongs to those who own one. Uh, and, and there is a version of that on display uh, with the mad Twitter king. <laughs> the mad yeah. Twitter king, Twitter Elon king. Musk. <laughs> a guy that's never had to push against a narrative is an entire career. Right. Because he's got everyone on his side. And now it's, oh, but what about our voice? <laughs> Give me a freaking break. Um, someone also claimed that, what, the new Twitter logo is racist? Yeah, the, the liberals, right wing? Are, liberals are not okay right now. Or at least a, a segment of liberals, mostly in media and in academia, are not, not okay. So... Somebody had tweeted out this picture of Twitter Blue's logo. Twitter Blue being the social media's uh, paid subscription service that you can use and to get verified and whatnot. Um, yeah. And uh, they somebody had pointed out, oh, it looks tacky or something like that. Uh, there's this uh, North Carolina University of North Carolina professor, Tressie McMillan, uh, McMillan Cop Cottom, I should say. Uh, was reacting to this and said, as some of you know, I have a lay interest in right-wing iconography and style. This is a right-wing design. Now, I, I don't know. It kind of looks like a 90s-era graphic, 
like maybe you would see it on Saved by the Bell or something like that. And the other thing is, so one, I don't know what what exactly she's seeing in there that makes it particularly right wing. It just looks like kind of a throwback. Um, It was also released in 2021, like a year before Elon Musk (laughs) took over. (laughs) It's the right wing style. (laughs) Named Blue. Yes. (laughs) Jeez, their panties are in a bunch. Now, this is interesting, this poll you saw, David, about the Twitter files. Yeah, a Harvard-Harris poll. uh, They asked about the so-called Twitter files. There's a new drop today that shows the depth of the coordination between the FBI and Twitter executives, by the way, and how a lot of people from the FBI FBI wound up working at Twitter, making content moderation decisions, so many that they had their own private communications channel. They sure did. Just dedicated to themselves. And actually, they had a direct—the FBI itself— had a direct line to Twitter executives, even though to talk about like Russian disinformation, even though Twitter executives in private were saying, we actually don't have any evidence of Russian meddling. In I have three words that have been so overused, but yeah. appropriate here. Threat to democracy. Right. <laughs> they, they, they <laughs> that were, is. Yeah, they were warning about something and hyperventilating about something that didn't happen. And there was a special subgroup in the FBI that was founded to combat Russian disinformation because Hillary Clinton lost in 2016. Think about that. Yep. Within months of her losing the election, mm-hmm. the FBI decided they were full steam ahead, going to be working to help big tech censor anybody with a anybody with a viewpoint that went against the democratic establishment correct it was it's crazy but this new poll though even though mainstream media hasn't really touched the story too much no. uh it has cut through though 64 percent believe that the 2020 election uh twitter employees were engaged in political censorship 64 percent think twitter was secretly shadow banning people 61 percent say twitter's decision to ban tweets about the hunter biden laptop were based on political bias and not facts say that if Twitter was working with the U.S. government to suppress tweets, there should be criminal prosecutions. We now have evidence of that. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Anecdotally, have you talked to just uh, friends, family, about the Twitter files, just within your own social circles? And I bring that up and ask it because I've noticed a number of people that don't really know a whole lot about yeah. it, to be honest. Or, yeah, I've heard something about it, but I don't really know exactly what's yeah. going on, which is obviously disappointing because you want everyone to know what's really going on behind the scenes. But have you talked to anybody about it, or have most people been pretty much aware <laughs> of what's happening? You know, a lot of people uh, haven't actually read it, and some of it is because of the format, like we were talking about last yes. week. The format is... It's too messy, and then when you don't have really anyone in mainstream media willing to discuss what what it says, it's kind of hard for that to really break through. However, I think there are a lot of people, at least in my personal circle, mm-hmm. who know enough about it to think that something bad went down, unless they are liberal. It, it's very interesting how many liberals I know who think, oh, this is all one big nothing burger because, well, someone on MSNBC told them it was one big nothing burger. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the first dose of this was kind of a nothing burger. It was, eh, 
And then it picked up steam as we went on. Yeah, I, I'm probably too close to it because I was interested from the jump. Well, I was yeah. interested, but what I'm saying but, yeah, is that, people, big, that yeah. big smoking gun didn't come out of it. So people, I think, just went, eh, well, move on. Yeah, because you got the FBI stuff going on right now. Right and now. it's like, holy crap. Right now man. you got the meat of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you've been hearing again, threat to democracy. No, yeah. this is. Yeah. This is what it is. Uh, on a lighter note, I don't know if uh, at some point in time you were a big fan of Kanye West and decided. Um, yay. Yeah, he goes by yay now. Sorry. Always hear that if I say the whole name. It's just yay, but not yay West, just yay. Just yay. Okay. Uh, if you were a fan of us at one time and you got a tattoo, uh, there's somebody that's ready to help get rid of that for you. And they would do it for free, but it's in the UK. Uh-huh. That person there is like, yeah, hey, listen, I know a lot of people with Kanye yay. tattoos. Sorry. Um, then if you want to rid yourself of that, um, I can certainly help feel bad about it. No, I. I think if you have any tattoo of any celebrity, you should probably just have to bear that mark of shame forever. Yeah, I mean, if nothing else, say you were drunk when you did it, then this yeah. is, kids, this is why you don't drink. You don't want, well, yeah. like my old friend Buster, you don't want the Ted Nugget <laughs> tattoo. Okay? Yay! <laughs> well, this is the And that rule, was signed right? by Ted Nugent, but it was very quickly done Nugget, to yeah. appear to be Ted Nugget. You don't want to name anything after anybody until they're dead. There's always a chance. <laughs> you never know, right? Well, and then you never know what you might find out later. Yeah. You know, who knows? All right, much more to get to. Biden insults the Irish. I just like the headline. We'll get to that much more. Coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Jen Axer, David Van Camp, the millennial, the sexy boomer, Scott Robbins. So the New York City mayor is doing what? To deal oh. with the migrant crisis? Oh, yeah. Uh, Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, says that with the expiration of Title 42, uh, they might have to cut public services to prioritize the influx of migrants. Now, they've had 31,000 migrants wind up in New York City, which, I mean, if you look at the numbers from El Paso, I know that not everybody is staying in El Paso, but it, I, it's over 80,000 that have shown up in a four-month period. Golly. That have been dumped off in El Man, Paso. That is a staggering number. But you know, El Paso is flush with resources, unlike New York City. Crazy. <laughs> wow. You remember Eagle Pass, which is smaller? Oh, yeah. And the mayor, Yolanda Ramon, talking to Adams? Welcome to our world. Yeah. You got all the resources. Welcome to what? This is nothing what you got, what we see every day. So, yeah, we're, we might have to cut city services. Well, yeah, it's going to be a problem for everybody. But I know what the attitude is. Yeah, but this is New York City. This yeah. isn't Kansas City right? or Texas, all the dumb people. This is New York City. New York you know City. that's the attitude. New York City has a brand, said Mayor Eric <laughs> that's Adams. That's right. That's yeah. what he said. Yeah, they have a brand. Yep. Yeah. You just don't quite understand the brand outside of your circle, do you? Yeah. You really don't. I mean, the logo is a giant rat, but hey. <laughs> okay, did you see this? <laughs> Biden speaking over the weekend. Um, some would say anti-Irish words. Claims to be Italian. In the same speech. You hear anything about this? No, oh, yeah, cause, cause I haven't. Dr. Jill's dad is Italian or something, right? Yeah, this was in Delaware. Uh, the other day. Best. You're the best. Thank you. I may be Irish, but I'm not stupid. I married Dominic Giacoppa's daughter, so, you know, I got an old Italian in me now. You know. 
The uh, but it is remarkable, right? Yeah. yeah. God. What? He's just that guy, <laughs> that relative that's really old man yeah. stories and. Well, he also got it a little bit backwards. I was just going, going with to the say crash that. joke. I mean, yeah, it's kind of the other way around. I, I don't. I know this is I'm, a family show, but I I I know exactly what you're going yeah. to say because I thought the same thing. Yeah. Yep. Well, the whole idea that I'm Irish, I'm not stupid. Well, apparently the audience, and this was from the yeah. New York Post, of military veterans and federal officials received the off-script comments in puzzled silence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was silence. Some people were saying, hey, th- that was an ethnic slur. And others were like, oh, get over yourself. Yeah. It was not. You know what he meant. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, well, I don't know what he meant, but no, I don't, I don't think it was anti-Irish or whatever. I think he was trying to be self-effacing. Yeah, that could be. But we know what he thinks of people of different races. That's true. You said that before. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. For today, David, biggest story would be what? I mean, biggest story today, to me, is what we started out with. It's it's the border crisis, period. I agree. I mean, this is, this is a disaster already, <clears throat> and it's about to get a whole lot worse. And there really doesn't seem to be a plan outside of blaming everyone else from the White House. No, this is what they want to happen. Yeah. I mean, that's why, (laughs) I've said it a million times, that is why it's so infuriating. Because some people have been talking about this for a long time, and it just falls on deaf ears. At least some legacy media outlets now are paying attention to it. Um, Boy, there was a piece, we'll have to get into this, saying the LGBT alphabet lobby has come for its own women. That story and much more coming up right here. All right. <laughs> the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. A uh, topic we don't talk about a whole lot on this show, but we should probably tackle it. Uh, bedwetting. I, adult bedwetting. Yes, adult bedwetting. Is, <laughs> well, well, it's a big problem. I, it, it, it just, we don't talk about it a lot. I think it just happened again. Am I right? Yeah, it did. Uh, So you've got this stupid January 6th committee thing that's happening, and uh, they're they're having their final meeting, Uh, where they're expected Mm. to send criminal referrals over for Donald Trump and co. and all this nonsense. I mean, it's, it's just exhausting, right? No, 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 no. National media demands that you care about this. You will care about it because democracy is on the line. Here's MSNBC's Katie Turr in her special report as the committee members were gathering one last time. Make no mistake, this is... You know, a few days before a holiday weekend, Christmas is on on Sunday, but this is a historic day for this nation, a historic day for our democracy. So let us listen in because he's going to take that gavel any moment now. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. This is a historic day for our democracy. Well, you're close. It's going to be a historic week for our democracy because we have an invasion happening right before our eyes that will have implications for years and decades when January 6th is an ongoing joke about how you guys had to wear adult pull-ups for months because you were continually wetting the bed. That's what it's going to be. Mm -hmm. Think about this. What happened January 6th? 
Okay. And again, we can go over this again, I guess. Yeah, people got out of control. It was reprehensible what some people did. Not most of the people. And it was not an all-out attempted coup. Stop it. You think about what started happening when Biden took office and how many people have come across the border illegally. How it has strained resources. The drugs. I mean, you can't imagine how it's changed the country and how it's going to continue to when Title 42 is gone. 14,000 people a day streaming through. Texas is wrecked already. So is Arizona. I I don't understand. They won't pay attention too much to that, except for every once in a while. Well, it is a humanitarian crisis. But it's not, hey, what are our elected federal leaders doing? What are they doing? Nothing. But January 6th is very important for democracy. Yeah, Yeah, go, go talk to that mom in Del Rio who's worried every time her kids go out to the bus stop. No kidding. Uh, about how much she cares about what happened at the Capitol riot. Wow, man. That is really something. Okay. Um, by the way, remember when Biden was in Arizona? He couldn't trouble himself to go visit the border? Yeah. Uh, oh, because yeah. exciting things were happening. They were opening a new uh, chip plant. Something like that. Yeah, he was at the ribbon cutting or some nonsense. Yes. So uh, White House spokesperson Keisha Lance Bottoms was talking with Margaret Brennan on CBS yesterday. And Brennan actually asked the question. Well, why doesn't he go to the border? He was just in Arizona. Why wasn't it worth his time? Well, you have to remember, Margaret, when the president travels, it's not like you or I jumping on an airplane and getting off and going to our destination. Everything comes to a halt. So all of these things are in consideration for the president. Is that the best use of resources? All of the resources that will be diverted on the ground when the president makes a visit. Is that why he didn't go? Is that visit... Well, I can't speak to why he has or has not gone. I'm just speaking to the fact that it's a bit more disruptive for the president of the United States to travel than you or I. Oh, really? Because none of us knew that before. He goes wherever he wants, whenever he wants. Yeah. But this, you know, this would have been a strain on resources. But what the president has done is continue to lean in on this immigration issue. It's something uh, that he ran on. And what we know over the past two years. What does she mean by that? She doesn't explain. No. That she can't explain. Open borders. Every single thing that the president has run on, he's put time and resources into addressing it. So immigration, <laughs> we know, is a problem that he did not create. Mm-hmm. Um, our issues with immigration are mm-hmm. decades-long issues, and he will continue to lean in through the White House and through oh, Congress man. to get comprehensive immigration reform I, done. I, I just want to say something here. I was deeply disturbed by some of the white supremacist uh, language that she used just then. What do you mean? She said immigration is a problem that Joe Biden oh. did not create. So you're saying immigration is a problem. Mm. Hmm. That is interesting. Yeah. What did Biden say in 2006 on immigration? I remember getting that clip. Really? Well, we talked about it before. We've been talking about this. Well, yeah. Seriously, man, for almost 20 years. And both parties, and I always say it, both parties are to blame for where we got to a certain point. Now, where we're at now, this is solely on Biden over the last almost two years. But I had a clip of Biden talking about it in 06. What did he say then? 
the Democratic position also recognized you got 11 million alien, uh, illegal aliens here. They have to have, illegal aliens. Ah! They have to have a way to earn their way into the deal. This is an amnesty. They're required to take 11 years worth. They pay a fine. They got to learn to speak English. They got to pass um, oh, tests. Learn to speak English. <laughs> what? That's wow. racist. Um, like Tester's part. Yeah, I like the well, English part. By the I way, think we, if we want the problems of Canada right now, let's keep encouraging people to keep their foreign language. English is going to unite this country potentially. What right. was that, Chris of... Matthews? That racist back in the day? Is that who that was? <laughs> Did you say that was from 1966? 2006. Oh, jeez. Uh huh. Mm hmm. That has two languages as their accepted languages that is doing all that well, including Switzerland and or uh, Canada. Hmm. Yeah. I'm guessing you can evolve when you're Joe Biden on a number of yeah. different things. Jeez. Yes. Okay, switching gears to COVID. You have an interesting clip here, David. Yeah, I think so, because, I mean, it's been really shocking to see how discourse of the science has changed so dramatically over the last uh, now almost three years um because uh, i mean because of the likes of people like anthony fauci and others americans are at each other's throats all over the place over what's the right thing to do what's the wrong thing to do instead of actually being willing to have an open mind and and just try to figure out what is the right thing to actually do when you've got this virus going mm -hmm. around. Now, the actor, Tim Robbins, I usually don't go for, you know, Hollywood actors and their opinions on much, but this was for the really record, no relation, by the way, for yeah. the record. <laughs> yeah. uh, he talked about COVID lockdowns and vaccine policies on Russell Brand's podcast. And I thought this was this was a good encapsulation of what I think a lot of us have witnessed over the last three years. Wow. Yeah, cause that dude's pretty far left. No doubt. All right. We turned into um, tribal, angry, vengeful people. And I, I don't think that's something that is sustainable for the earth, that we start demonizing people that don't agree with our particular health policies and turn them into monsters, turn them into uh, pariahs. Okay, I'm just going to stop them there. So I agree with what he's saying. But was that from both sides? Am I in too much of a bubble? Because I only heard that coming from one side. Yeah. As no, far as you, demonizing. No, you did, yeah. Uh, what I heard more than anything from the right well, side was, can we have the conversation? In all I mean, fairness. I there, there mean, there are other ways to look at this. Yeah. I mean, in all fairness, I mean, there were some finger pointing from the right, like you jerks, sure. you nuts, you wackos, you know. Yeah, I, that's fair. Okay. Um, say that they don't deserve a hospital bed. Uh, I think about, you know, people that have made bad mistakes in their lives where they take too many drugs and they overdose. And that's totally their choice. That's totally their responsibility. Yet we take care of them. Yet we bring them to the hospital. Yeah. Yet we save their lives because we're compassionate because we, we want to make sure that people live. And this turned, it turned into you should die because you have not complied. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah. again, that was one side. Yeah, it was, and it's still going on. And it, it's, it's remarkable, man, 
because if yes. you don't if you don't worship at the altar of Saint Fauci, uh, you are a science denying anti vaxxer. I mean, I just had this interaction over the weekend with a family member who's talking about somebody that she knows uh, whose uh, daughter is uh, second or third grade, something like that, and had gotten the co- another COVID shot, another booster, and then was sick for like four or five days. Okay. And, you know, I, I thought, oh, wow. I mean, that's I didn't go to the hospital or anything, but was just kind of out of it for more or less a, a week. And I said, wow, that's, that's kind of crazy, um, you know. And so then this person asked me, well, what did your, how did your kids react to getting the COVID vaccine? And I just said, oh, they didn't get the COVID vaccine. They got the flu shot. They got every other vaccine. But actually our, you know, our pediatrician said, we can give it to them if you want it, but we're not really seeing that it's all that useful at this point. And there can be some downsides, even if it's rare. So not not just out and out endorsing recommending it that's what our pediatrician told us the person that i was having this conversation with flipped the out okay really flipped out i can't believe you would put your kids at risk like that you know they could get it and they could spread it to other people they could kill people i mean just absolutely lost their mind wow at that and i and i just tried to say our pediatrician said it probably wasn't all that necessary. And the longer or the more information we get, the more that does seem to be pretty right. It's weird that we're the only country or the only major country in the world that is so gung-ho about vaccinating children under the age of five. My kids are three and one. So, right. And then they had COVID. And then this person said, well, I thought after your scare, when they got COVID, you would, you know, rush out and get them the vaccine. And I said, after they got it, why would you need to? Right. Why would I need to? And and also what scare? I mean, my son, my one-year-old son had a bad fever for a day and then he was pretty much on the mend. My daughter, the three-year-old had it, uh, was sick for two days, maybe three days and then was done. There were, we never, we weren't going to the hospital or anything like that. I mean, we were a little scared of, of the fever, I guess, but wasn't ever a situation where we were thinking, oh, my gosh, one of our kids is going to die from COVID. Okay, just a quick question. A person like that, if they heard a non-biased interview with a Dr. J. Bhattachara, okay, that would say this was never settled science. They just gave you the illusion it was. There were doctors all over the place saying this isn't how we should go about it, and kids under the age of whatever shouldn't be vaccinated. But it sounds like this person has no, no idea. No, Dunn actually just dismisses all of that as quackery. Even and if so, it was doctors saying, well, listen, well, they, they, they would not believe it because they've been brainwashed. They have been. They've been. That, oh that's that's gosh, the perfect word for it. And I, I hate to use that word, but that that absolutely is wow. the appropriate term. Wow. That's too bad. All right. There's a lot of other stuff we got to get to. Oh, my gosh. Porch Pirates stole an estimated 260 million packages in 2021. You got to be careful, man, especially this time of year over the last few weeks going into the this next week. I think they should have to wear puffy shirts and eye patches. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, we still got to get to the LGBT alphabet lobby coming for uh, its own women. And Jim Acosta back in the news. There's a lot to get to coming up. Right the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I mentioned 
There are a lot of different stories to get to, but we have breaking news with David Van Camp. Well, I, I, okay, so we're getting another Twitter files dump, this time from Michael Schellenberger, looking at internal communications between the FBI, the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, and executives at Twitter about censoring stories, and this has to do with the Hunter Biden laptop story. Now, there was such a cozy relationship between federal intelligence officials and executives at Twitter that they actually set up their own encrypted private messaging system Wow! in order to have direct access to one another. The FBI had been lobbying out of the blue kind of about this idea of a foreign influence campaign. And Twitter early on was saying, according to this report, uh, Twitter early on was saying, well, we, we really don't have any evidence of this widespread influence campaign from the Russians or Chinese or really anybody else. Um, but the FBI kept hammering, hammering, hammering it to the point where when the New York Post drops the story of Hunter Biden's laptop, the mm -hmm. FBI had seeded it enough that they were able to convince Twitter, oh, this is obviously hacked material and that is violative of, of Twitter's terms of service policies. Um, it wasn't hacked material. The FBI would have known it wasn't hacked material. Now, does it, is there anything in there yet? Because you had former FBI officials working at Twitter. A lot of them. Yeah, they yes. actually had their own name. It was the BU team, like from the Bureau or BU team, whatever, from the mm -hmm. FBI, um, who were all working at Twitter. And so they convinced the folks at Twitter that this was a national security threat and that this was hacked material or faked altogether, and therefore it should be dumped. Therefore, it should be blocked because it violates the policies. And one of the guys lobbying for that was a guy named James Baker, who had been a lawyer with the FBI until he went and worked for Twitter. <laughs> so this is federal spooks actually influencing a major media platform to censor a true story that they knew was true yes. for political gain. That's a threat to democracy. So this is what's going through my mind as I'm watching, you know, constant coverage of the last day of the January 6th committee today. And we're hearing it's true. This truly was a threat to democracy, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Give me a break. What we're finding out about the FBI being involved with Twitter and controlling what people knew or didn't know and had an effect on the outcome of a presidential election wasn't just a threat to democracy. It was a roadblock to democracy. Yes. Democracy didn't freaking happen because the FBI got in the way. It's criminal. People should go to jail. That might sound crazy to people. Is that crazy? No, not at all. Yeah, too many FBI agents listening. That was Mark Lee that said that. <laughs> Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. That's uh, getting very interesting. 
And not even talking about what Fox is covering right now, which is January 6th, oh, but cares? it's what's going on with the Twitter files. Yeah, so Michael Schellenberger has the uh, update or the latest drop of internal communications regarding the censorship campaign with Twitter, of specifically the Hunter Biden laptop story. And, you know, I've been, we talked about this, I keep going back and forth, like kind of underwhelmed with the first few drops. It was kind of scattershot. It didn't seem to be organized very well. And it was all kind of a lot of suggestion of things that we already knew. This is the closest it's been to a smoking gun. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the most jaw-dropping of all of them so far, in my, in my personal opinion. And we it got is, the FBI involved. It is the FBI actively having a secure communications channel to Twitter executives that they'd been seeding this idea that something damaging was going to come out about Joe Biden or something. And so just keep your head on a swivel. And then when the Hunter Biden laptop story breaks from the New York Post, that certainly suggests that Joe Biden had a hand in corrupt business deals with his crackhead son, Hunter. Mm-hmm. They quashed the story and Twitter said, okay. And part of the smoking gun that is wrapped up in this is the FBI's influence campaign. As Michael Schellenberger writes, might may have been helped by the fact that it was paying Twitter millions of dollars for its staff time. Uh, since October wow. of 2019, <clears throat> uh, going into early 2021, uh, they collected $3.4 million. <laughs> Twitter did on from the federal government. To train staff to listen to the FBI, basically. <laughs> oh, God. They, they act- also had their former employees working at Twitter. Yes. Yeah. This is active collusion between the federal government and the most influential or one of the most influential uh, social media platforms on the planet. Well, and to be fair, I don't want to go down this road really too far, only to say that's exactly what happened at Facebook, too, except yes. they just told Zuckerberg, hey, this is Russian disinformation right. coming your way, wink, wink. It, it certainly seems like with Twitter they were more involved just because they had more former feds working uh, at the at the platform. And one of the reasons why I think why I say that Twitter is, I believe it's the most influential. Not because of the number of people who are on Twitter, because it's dwarfed by Facebook. Right. Correct. It, I know where you're going. But it's because every single journalist in America is extremely active on Twitter. They follow what is trending on Twitter. They take their cues from what Twitter does when it comes to mm-hmm. deeming what is misinformation, what is not misinformation. They take their cues based on what they see on their Twitter feeds, and that's how they decide what is news and what is not news. And when they see that, oh, well, Twitter isn't even sharing this story because they're told by experts (laughs) that it's hacked information that was leaked to the press, well, we're not going to share it either because it's hacked materials, and we're not doing that, not after 2016. And that's what this is all about. The FBI actually set up a special office to deal with uh, Russian memes or something because Hillary Clinton lost the election in 2016. That's what happened. And, and social media companies were snake bit by all that, right, because their friends yes. were blaming them for Donald Trump. 
They were saying, oh, well, we don't want to be we don't want to be on the hook for another Trump victory. So we have very open ears, FBI. And now you actually do have, again, powerful people within the intelligence community actively working to censor a story that was true in order to make sure that Joe Biden got elected president. And again, in my mind, I don't know. You can talk me off this, I suppose. As we're hearing all day again with the January 6th committee, how it was a threat to democracy. What happened with the FBI and Twitter wasn't a threat. It was a roadblock to democracy. It stopped it from happening. It influenced the outcome of elections. The presidential election of 2020 was absolutely influenced by it. Oh, sure it was. And you saw the polling after it was over and how many people had said, yeah, if I had known that Joe Biden and his family were involved in this stuff, this, these business dealings, I wouldn't have voted for him. Some of the people that swayed one way to another from Trump in 2016 to Biden in 2020, they wouldn't have voted for Biden. That absolutely could have and probably did affect the outcome of the election. The threat to democracy. No, the, <laughs> this stopped democracy from happening. What they did. And we're not even talking about, well, it's a private company, Twitter. No, this is the FBI. No. When it is acting as a subsidiary of the FBI, the yes. it's a private company thing doesn't really work anymore. No way. And, and now, uh, as late as August of this year, the FBI was actively pressuring Twitter to, uh, to get them to produce more EDRs. Now, what EDRs are and how that pertains to you, me, all of us. Those are emergency disclosure requests, a warrantless search that Twitter was already getting fairly loose with when it comes to handing over information of its users to the feds. And the FBI wanted more and more and more. After all, we got this cozy relationship, right? Let's say, come on, you know, we've we've given you a few million dollars. We've uh, sent you some really good talent over Mm -hmm. to Twitter. So help us out here. You know, if we need a little information, just don't make us go to a judge. Don't make us get a warrant. Just give me the information. And they were considering Baker there. Yeah. Who the people that pay attention, they know exactly who that guy is. (laughs) And so so they are, you know, they were at the time considering it. And I guess uh, with Elon Musk, I hope at least, with Elon Musk taking over the company, that has ceased. That door is closed. I hope. I think so. I think that's what Musk wanted to do is to get all of this out there. I mean, I'm assuming there'll be congressional hearings on this. At some point. Much like what we're seeing. Yeah, there should be. Oh, it won't 6th. be covered like this. No, but I, there should be. And again, I, I don't have a lot of hope for it because a lot of these people in Congress, and I'm talking about Republicans and Democrats, but Republicans would be in the House leading these investigations. They can't help but make fools out of themselves whenever there's a serious thing, because they want their viral clip. Ironically, the thing that would go viral on Twitter. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah, Yeah. interestingly. Well, I don't know how many times over the last few years thinking, well, legacy media has to cover this, and they just don't. You know, is it a story if no one knows about it? Or if only 30% of the population know about it? I mean, tonight, Lester Holt, you think he's going to be talking about the Twitter files? Oh, hell no. It's going to be all January 6th. Absolutely. And by tomorrow morning on Good Morning America, is it going to be anything about the Twitter files in the FBI? No. No. Miguel Almaguer will be out there somewhere in a storm. 
Uh, yeah, on the Today Show, he will. Yeah, he's got his storm coverage. Wow. Okay, so keeping an eye on that. Um, of course, the crisis at the border going to get uh, way worse. We're certainly uh, aware of that. Um, oh, I happen to see this piece uh, real quick. I guess I had mentioned it earlier. It was at the Federalist, and it was written um, by Victoria Marshall. And she said, you know, it's really interesting. The LGBT alphabet lobby has come for its own women. Like, hey, you're missing a few letters there, just so you know. But w- w- what's meant here? Remember this story we talked about last week where you had um, this artist in Norway, Tanger Javon? Yeah. Um, who had written, it's just as impossible for men to become lesbian as it is for men to become pregnant. Men are men regardless of their sexual fetishes. Well, that, whew, that's hate speech now in Norway. Um, facing maybe three years in prison for saying that, which is kind of crazy because she's right. I mean, if you're just talking about biology. Well, yeah. Um, but they revised their hate speech regulation um, in 2020. So it now includes gender identity or gender expression. So apparently someone else made a comment, and that original comment that the artist made, Tanjay, was in response to a Norwegian transgender activist, Christine Gentoff, who is a man who claims to be a lesbian and a mom. <laughs> a lot okay. of things going on there. Wow, I was just going to say. Not, not mentally ill, though. swimming no. right now. Not at all. So again, transgender activist Christine Gentoff, biological male, who claims to be a lesbian and a mom. Mm-hmm. Okay? All right. Wow. What? It sounds like the opening bit of a comedic, you know, sitcom or something. <laughs> you know, it does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and there's part of me that thinks, okay, man, it seemed before you'd have to identify as something else, and just by you saying it, people has to believe it. But, I mean, you got to do something. you got to, like, start to dress female if you're a dude claiming to be female, right? Yeah. Something like that. Well, like if I wanted to say, hey, listen, I'm still going to be married to my wife and still be a dad here, but I'm going to identify as a woman, but a lesbian woman that's still in love with my wife. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I'm going to try to play on the LPGA Champions Tour the, for the older ones. All right. Maybe like a remake of the old My and Two Dads. Well, it, my Two Lesbian Dads. It, it was something. Yeah. But I guess you would just have to take my word for it at that point. God. I wouldn't even have changed my haircut. I mean, I'm, well, there's four left on top. Right. Who cares? Well, the wispy tuft could, could become all the rage. It could be. You never know. Be a new do. Yes. And so then there was another activist, um, that is feminist Christina Ellingson in Norway, said men cannot be mothers. Okay. They're facing jail time. Wow. Holy smokes. So the whole piece is about, well, here's the problem. You would think that by claiming to be a lesbian and a female lesbian, biologically, would make one immune to the wrath of the elephant, uh, elephant, alphabet lobby. No. (laughs) Sorry about the slip. (laughs) But that's not enough. You have to subscribe to the dogma. And then the point is made here. (laughs) you are trampling on the rights of women. Because if you look at the case of Leah Thomas, the swimmer, 
or the so-called gender-fluid male high school student who sexually assaulted a ninth-grade girl in a bathroom in Loudoun County, Virginia. Um, women were made to comply with the demands of men or else risk social censure. And look where that coercion and compliance have gotten us, is what Victoria Marshall writes. And she's absolutely right about that. Yeah. I haven't heard anyone even bring that up. The women there were made to comply with the demands of men. And that's what you're seeing. That's crazy. But that's absolutely true. Okay. Um, man, so many stories and updates to get to. Oh, it's CNN, real quick. I just thought you would get a kick out of this. Uh, their new leader, is his name Chris Light? Licked. Licked. I thought Whatever. it was Licked. It may be Light. I have no idea. I didn't want to say it the wrong way. Um, basically said, you know what's crazy? Um, the left. <laughs> that, that is what is the craziest part of just trying to get back to talking about news is the attacks from the far left. Yeah. It's insane. Yes, that's what we've been saying for a long time. Yeah, I'm glad good luck, you're, though, I'm, sorting I'm, that out. Holy cow. Oh, my what goodness. What a mess. It is a mess there. Mess. They went so far left, there's no coming back. Jeez. And so they go a little bit center, and people on the far left, who was the audience left, yes, gone. All right. Another update on the Twitter files, the border, and much more straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Big shocker. The January 6th committee voted unanimously to recommend the Justice Department pursue a batch of criminal charges against former President Donald Trump. Anybody cry? I didn't see it. Just okay. getting the news update. Yeah. Adam didn't break down. Nobody I'm cried. sure <laughs> tears of joy at a mm. job well done. Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> okay. Oh, was it Jamie Raskin? Oh, God. That dude? Yeah. yeah. We understand the gravity of each and every referral we are making today, just as we understand the magnitude of the crime against democracy yeah. that we describe in our report. Got it. Yeah. So they're taking aim at some of Trump's top allies, too. So as they're talking about the threat to democracy, the roadblock to democracy happened between the FBI and Twitter. Uh, yeah. A couple months before January 6th and even before that. Yeah. Well, well, well actually, yeah, the, the Twitter files have dropped. And, I mean, the brief summary, and I like the way that Tom Elliott is uh, a, rep- a reporter uh, aggregator of news and whatnot, and I mm-hmm. like how he summarized it. Uh, FBI knew Hunter's laptop was real. Hunter Biden's laptop was real and uh, incriminated Joe Biden. FBI began seeding gossip of a Russian hack. FBI used that rumor to orchestrate a vast censorship operation, and after the operation concluded and Biden's elected, agents congratulate each other. You know, they actually even, uh, part of this dump today was uh, the FBI actually did a dry run of this at a meeting that they had where they theorized that a Hunter Biden oppo drop would happen in October. And how could we best handle that? They knew it was coming, man, mm-hmm. because they already had the laptop. They already right. had the they information. Yeah. yeah, they got it right there. Yeah. So they- <laughs> So they start talking about like, oh, well, there's this fake website and we need to, how do we address this? Because Fox and Friends is covering it. Drudge Report is covering it. Oh, how do we address this, dear friends at Twitter, if such a thing were to happen? Now, we're not saying that it will happen, but they did. 
Unbelievable. And so that that is the frustrating thing for so many of us to know both of these stories that are going on with the January 6th thing and the last day of the committee and what they're recommending, which will get covered all over the place. And then today's Twitter files drop, which links the FBI to Twitter and stuffing that story, among other things. And we've also found out from the Twitter files that they were they were basically censoring doctors that didn't believe that locking the country down was a good idea because the research just wasn't there. They knew what would happen. We're finding out a lot of different things. It's just not really getting reported on a wide scale. Fascinating stuff, man. Mm-hmm. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. So that's got to be the biggest story of the day now, David. It, it, it is a big one. This is the closest thing to a smoking gun that we've gotten with these uh, Twitter files. I mean, it, it is it is remarkable seeing that not only were they constantly communicating with Twitter and saying, hey, heads up, but they actually had a theoretical exercise where the thing that wound up happening was, like, again, theoretical and they gamed it out, how they were going to respond to any sort of damaging information that might come out about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, okay? Wow. That man. is wild. It's all coming out. Something else we haven't even had a chance to get to. An alleged victim of Jeffrey Epstein claimed in unsealed emails she has copies of the blackmail videos. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That and Robin Strifecta coming up. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Another update, David? Well, I mean, the Twitter files' latest drop is actually a pretty big deal, I think. You've got open collusion between the FBI and the uh, Office of the Director of National Intelligence and executives at Twitter. And some of the people working at Twitter also just came over from the FBI uh, to work together to claim falsely that the Hunter Biden laptop story was not real and probably the result of a hack, even though the FBI at that time would have known that the FBI was real, or that, that, I'm sorry, that the Hunter Biden laptop was real. Yes. So they lied in order to get this story suppressed. Okay. The thing is, is um, you know, it's not a big surprise. I think we knew this. It's just validation, yeah. right? is that you'll have a whole group of people in the country that even if they know it, they could be swayed by the opinion of, well, they were doing their best job to make sure that Donald Trump wasn't president, and yeah. we applaud them for that. That's oh, they, they don't thing. see anything wrong with this at all. No. Yeah, but but also then, you know, uh, in this case then, you can't complain about the WikiLeaks dump ahead of the 2016 election. But they do. They do. children. Yeah, right. <laughs> I want my way, and I want it now. I mean, in this case, like, imagine, for example, if Donald Trump's running for president, and uh, you've got, let's say it's 2020 all over again, and mm-hmm. you had people from the FBI and Fox News and Twitter under Elon Musk, let's just say, okay. actively working together to suppress a damaging story about Donald Trump. They would freak out about that. They freaked out when James oh, Comey goodness. 
came out and said, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, we think that Hillary Clinton probably did some bad things with those emails, but didn't commit a crime. Yes, they did. Oh, they blamed him for the election loss. Yeah, right. And so, you know, without thinking this all the way through, what comes into my head is this. Okay, so if you're of that opinion and you're on the left, well, whatever it takes to make sure our people in power, because you have what white supremacists and whoever the Republican Party is, is just evil. It's bad, bad, bad. Right. Okay, doesn't make sense to me. But also the collusion with Twitter when you're talking about covid or vaccines, you can certainly argue has cost people lives. Some people their life, sometimes it's the lives of loved ones because the truth didn't get out. They didn't allow a debate to happen of what the science was. As an example, we know that Fauci knew masks would do no good, especially cloth masks. He knew it in the beginning. He said it. Then he changed his tune. Oh, you got to mask up. It'll, it'll give you protection, right? Mm-hmm. How many people that may have been older went out with masks thinking they were safe and they got COVID and died? Yeah. We'll never know. The same thing with the vaccines. Well, that, yeah, right. Listen, if it's a one in 800, what, whatever it is, be honest with people. Let them choose if they should get it or not. But again, you had people brainwashed. David just told the story earlier that he had with, I don't know, a friend or whoever that's still pretty much brainwashed on that whole thing. I just saw a headline. Sean Penn says being unvaccinated is criminal and those people shouldn't leave their homes. (laughs) Based on what? Oh, Dr. Sean Penn? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like he knows. It's crazy, man. But we should all want the truth to come out, I would hope. But some people really don't. I like the way, too, we get lectured on, you know, trusting those doctors. You know, don't trust some whack job on the radio or TV. You must trust the doctors. And then a whack job like Sean Penn says, we had to stay in our place. And it's like, all of a sudden, he's the right one. But here's the other thing. There were plenty of doctors at the time that were saying we shouldn't lock down. The masks don't work. But you never heard from them. But they were silenced. No, you never heard from them. So you don't Ever. want to hear from doctors. And speaking of keeping things under wraps, saw this story from Daily Wire. This alleged victim of Jeffrey Epstein has just claimed in newly unsealed emails that she had copies of blackmail videos that Epstein took of his associates. Everybody's like, where's the videos? Somebody's yeah. got them. We don't know where they are. Sarah Ransom made the claims in emails that were unsealed alongside documents connected uh, to a 2015 lawsuit against Epstein associate Ghislaine Maxwell as details about his sex trafficking operation continued to trickle out. The email claimed, when my friend had sexual intercourse with, and it's redacted, sex tapes were in fact filmed on each occasion by Jeffrey Epstein. Thank God she managed to get a hold of some footage of the filmed sex tapes, which clearly identify the faces of redacted and redacted having sexual intercourse with her frustratingly enough Epstein was not seen in any of the footage but he was clever like that she goes on to say I will be more than willing to swear under oath and testify in court over these sex tapes it will break your heart into a million tiny pieces Maureen when you watch this footage 
So as I read this at first, I'm like, oh, who's Maureen? Yeah. Later, it explains, unclear when it was written, but it appears to have been written to New York Post reporter Maureen Callahan. In other emails from October 2016 to Callahan, uh, Ransom claims that she had reached out to Russian authorities to publicize her story that the U.S. government refused to help her and that her fiancé's life was in danger and seemed to suggest that the CIA had hacked her emails. She had also claimed in the emails that her friend had gone to the police and had been humiliated before a redacted uh, entity heavily intimidated her and roughed her up and made her promise secrecy. And she was uh, said that her friend was a thousand percent certain that the FBI did a cover up, that a redacted name had threatened to kill her. And she has backup copies of this stuff, too, on USB sticks. That's what it says in the story. Man. And Um, she's got them in undisclosed locations throughout Europe. She has told at least one individual where to find the evidence in case anything happens to her before it's released. I was going to say, I'd like to extend my condolences to this woman for her future suicide. That's what, of course, she's afraid of. And if it happens, apparently there's a lot of evidence that people know where it's at Mm. and to release it out at that time. It's freaking crazy, man. A lot of that going on. All right, Robbins, you ready? Yeah, let's for go. Your let's three? do it. Yeah. You going to top that? I don't know, man. Probably There's not. There's a lot of pressure here. But I know, I want to know what your three is. Are a lot you of ready? redacted One, pressure. Two, <laughs> it's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day at this time, Scott Robbins got three stories of the day. Trifecta with his hero in life. I'm Casey. Hey, Kasem. buddy. Got all your Christmas shopping done? Yes. Good. I'm ready. Three. Number three, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, they're still on the Please Respect My Privacy World Tour. Uh, they want an apology from the royal family. God, this is really something. I Meghan, guess so, man. Meghan Markle and Prince Harry demand an apology from the royal family following the conclusion of their Netflix docuseries. Royal expert, weigh in. Family's not playing that game. No, sir. The royal family has made it clear there's no apology forthcoming. Apology for what? I For, I guess, the treatment of Harry and Meghan? I don't know. Okay. Apparently, she was weeping in the final uh, conclusion of it. Oh, the Netflix special? Yes, the Netflix special, which, yeah. of course, I have Netflix. I didn't bother to watch, which is 90% of Netflix for me. But uh, they said they made it clear they're not going to play the game. They said we didn't respond to the docuseries. That's our strategy. We're going to fly above the drama. Harry and Meghan have clearly outplayed their hand. All I've seen is clips. Harry doesn't look good in these clips. He looks uncomfortable. Yes, and weak, man. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Just, oh, golly. I mean, it's one thing to have a friend through life that didn't get many dates, and then he meets a woman and falls in love, and she's running his life. Yeah. And you're like, oh, poor guy, whatever. That's Prince Harry, man. I know. What happened to that dude? They did a the the producers at Netflix did a great job of editing out the leash that he's got around his neck. You can hardly weird. see it. Yeah, yeah. It was replaced by I think shot collar on his ankle. 
got it. We're getting closer and closer to number one. Yes, the Scott Robbins trifecta top three stories of the day from Scott. Two. Number two, uh, well, twice failed gubernatorial candidate in Georgia, Stacey Abrams. You're telling me she still owes some money. A bunch of money. The uh, Abrams campaign owes more than $1 million in debt to vendors. Ooh. The campaign manager said, well, it was that cavalcade of negative press and negative polling made fundraising really difficult in the final months. They really say that? That's what they said. <laughs> that's what they ne- said. That's that's what they're blaming like it on. negative press coverage? Yes. Where was negative. the negative press coverage? I, I saw none of it, David. I was throwing it out there <laughs> because I thought maybe you guys picked up on something I didn't. The Today Show. They were the, fawning over her. I know. I was going to say the Today Show is not... Didn't didn't there was no negative coverage of her. I didn't see outside any. of conservative media, right? Hey, I don't know if that's what she's talking about or not. That's what they say. They say the negative press and negative polling made fundraising difficult in the final months, and apparently not a lot of residuals from her appearance on Star Trek either. She'll be a White House advisor in no time. Now on with the countdown. I exactly the same thing. The Scott Robbins trifecta top three of the day. One. Uh, number one, you're telling me Snoop Dogg wants to run Twitter. Well, you know, there was Elon Musk put the poll out there wondering if he should stay or go, right? Yes or no? Yes. On the poll on whether he should continue to run Twitter or not. So Snoop Dogg got into the fray. He said, I'm going to do it too. So Snoop Dogg posts, should I run Twitter? Yes, no, or for shizzle. And that's leading right now for shizzle <laughs> by 36% over yes or no. And there you have I it. I think it's a joke, but I don't know with him. You never know. No, you never know. Thank you for the trifecta as always. Maybe you could loan Stacey Abrams some dough. She's gone with her own like rum or vodka or bourbon or something like that. You know what I'd love to see? Yes. Snoop's reaction of being asked if he would like to donate to that campaign and put up the million (laughs) dollars that she owes. I want to see that reaction. Got my mind on my money. (laughs) I'm guessing it would be something that we couldn't play on this show without editing. Okay, we got to get to another news update. Lot, lot happening today. And Nimrods of the news, straight ahead. All right, the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update: David Van Camp. Oh, you know that <laughs> the stupid January sixth committee thing wrapped yeah. up, and they've got they're sending criminal charges or referring criminal charges, recommending that to the Department of Justice against Donald Trump and others. Mm, yes. Very important work that they've been doing. Uh, White House press secretary just came out and gave uh, her two cents on behalf of the president uh, as to how they feel about it. And you'll be shocked to know they very much support the January really? 6th committee. I think it's doing important work. We've been very clear from the beginning that what we saw on January 6th was the worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. And uh, the president has been very clear. Our democracy continues and remains under threat, and we all have have a part to protect it. Uh, The committee has been doing important bipartisan work to get to the truth of what happened on that very day. So we can we can make so we can make sure that that doesn't happen uh, again. Bipartisan work makes me laugh out loud. Yeah. Liz Cheney and Adam Adam Kinzinger. Yeah, they're bipartisan. All right. Okay. Since the Civil War, you say? Yeah. Not Pearl Harbor. World War Two. Now. No. 9-11? No. 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 No, sir. Okay. 
Not the FBI colluding with Twitter? No. No. Oh, I would say that was the bigger threat to democracy, that story that broke well, earlier today. Well, dude, yeah, if you have the FBI actively working to suppress a true story because it helps one political party to suppress it, that that's, yes, that is a threat to democracy and the threat uh, to free speech. So a few of the things that we've learned today, one being what's going on with Twitter and the FBI, and that's sickening. And then you got this January 6th thing. Uh, what we have at the border is unlike anything we've ever seen before. And people have described it already as an invasion, and it's about to get a whole lot worse in just a couple days. Okay? And when asked about it, what the president's going to do, one of his spokespeople said, well, this is a global issue. Yeah. <laughs> That's the answer. Not here's a plan of how to deal with it. As far as I know, is there any plan? No, there isn't one. Okay. Of course not. Okay. So we have no plan when it comes to that. This, it's just crazy. It's by design, and that's what's so frustrating because we don't have an honest It'd be a shorter video. list if you said, what do we have a plan for? Yeah. Because there really isn't one for anything. No, there really isn't. All right. And we still have Nimrods in the news to get to. Might as well tee that up. Let's go. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the news. Uh, this actually came from ABC News. Um, and curious if you think this mom deserves to be in Nimrods. Um... This Connecticut mother has a message for parents um, because her six-year-old racked up, well, thousands of dollars on in-app purchases while playing his favorite video game on her iPad. Oh, buddy. So that's $16,293. Her son, George. Wow. Playing the game Sonic Forces. Johnson said her PayPal account had been linked to the iPad. Oh, jeez. So she's on a Facebook mom's group saying, hey, uh, warning here, uh, this could happen to you. And the mom said, no, because I actually watch my kid. Right. Well, that or, you know, if they're going to play with an iPad, make sure it's one that is not linked to any of your financial no. right. situation. Yes. Said what well, she didn't realize that through that particular password that you could actually just click the button for purchases um apple has actually been nice enough to take ten thousand dollars off of that oh well that's what happens when abc calls yeah, yeah. as far as sega hey sorry <laughs> and that's nimrods in the news